This podcast is rated M for Mature, Peggy 18, and R100. Everything I know, I learn from Frank Miller, and everything I do, I do as fast as flash run quarterback status, and then some. Damn the new 52, buying up every issue on DC, not exclusively what I'm into, bastards, comics with the healthy Wolverine classics. Sold down below, so anything can go. Hell be exclusively filled with past enemy. Save a And you killed your dad for the second time in hell, man. Tell me that's not badass. Man, tell me that ain't badass. It goes Batman Detective here on the dark night and robbing. I'm robbing. Stop and I'ma lose my damn mind Like Logan this time All possessed by the red right hand Fighting X-Man Storm just chilling Nemesis laughing Cyclone mentally prepares for eye blasting Novels with the graphics Picture strips See comics need to settle down Just a little bit and go back underground Life for permanent bastards Got it right though They write to keep the scene on the right track So they read stack after stack And report a back Someone gotta stab these creators in check, man. And the verdict is Jason Aaron, yeah, he's in check. Tony Daniel, yep, in check. If you read a comic, put it back. Plastics leave hard cardboard back. Then in the milk crate black. Filed alphabetically, no, seriously. Welcome to the CBM. Oh, wait. <gasps> Welcome to Comics Bastards Podcast. Fooled you there for a moment. Gave you a little trip down nostalgia or something as a car just uh, revs and ruins everything. That is the heart of the valley, everyone. The heart of the valley. The only nice. valley that matters, the valley of California. Steve's here too. I'm just not letting him talk because we're saving his delicate vocal cords as he fights off the Canadian plague. I fucking seriously, there has been some kind of plague going around. I hear it's a worldwide thing, but I think it's just Canada. Like, if it sucks. Like in the last two weeks, not only have I been racked with this like stomach thing, but then also my kid, she gave me that too, BT Dubs. But she also gave me this like weird cold thing, which she didn't really get, but I am suffering from. Mm. So it's it's just the beginnings of this. So. Uh, if I cough, sputter, and otherwise just shit my pants, I'll just, you know, have to forgive me. And uh, if he needs to go, he's going to say Mr. Mixel flicks his name backwards. Um, yeah. So, there you go. That's, that's when you know the episode's over for sure. <laughs> that's our, like we were saying before, that's our safe word, which would yeah. be a terrible, terrible, terrible safe word. But at oh, least God. it would defeat me. I don't feel safe at all. <laughs> no one does. That's the point. So Steve, this is a this is a segment we like to call an entire review episode. Yeah, it's a good segment. I love this segment. It's a good, <laughs> it's segment, good segment. Yeah, we said just to talk talk comic books, talk a lot of comic books. God, I hate this this uh, Google Hangouts thing because when I talk, it shows me on the screen, so I'm just like staring into my own soul. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Look, I stare into your soul all the time, and it is like watching God make love to a star. It you is. Like- Next time you're hosting it, so you can see how weird it is to like. I just pointed. I'm pointing at myself, like you, and I'm just like ah. So you're you're pointing at yourself. You're pointing at yourself, pointing at yourself. Look, dude, if I have to stare at myself all day, I'm happy. That's fine with me. I'm very, very handsome, Dustin. Very handsome. I'm not gonna deny it, Steve. I'm just not gonna encourage it either. Look, that's fine. I don't know how you could deny it. I'm just extremely good looking. So. Steve, it's been a it's been a week. It has been the comic book world. Oh, I guess or something. I mean, the rest of the world too. <laughs> I'm finding less and less that I'm excited to read. Like, it's really hard for me to muster through some reviews, but I have a large handful of shit that I want to talk about. But I will defer to you and say, what do you want to start with? 
I want to, well, okay, so I'm going to read, or I have read pretty much all of the books that I think you will hate. And um, I don't know if you have, <laughs> because most of them are Marvel. Uh, because that's just how I roll. That's what happens. Um, here's the thing with me and Marvel, okay? Yeah, start with Marvel, are you? Anyway, yeah. go ahead. You're I am going to, I'm, I'm going to put a little, uh, little gumdrop in the shitstorm later, but uh, I think most of what I have is Marvel. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. But... Uh, I think that DC largely is doing a much better job of the big two. Uh, but I have to say, I'm more Not according to Nick Spencer. Oh, what does that mean? What did he say? Oh, he, he was just bagging on DC on uh, Twitter. Oh, was he? Yeah. And then someone had a sick burn. They're like, hey, listen, the best thing you wrote was uh, Jimmy Olsen. So settle that. <laughs> That's also pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that they're just being a little bit more creative. And from what I understand, they, at the summit uh, at Marvel or whatever, they're going to be going back to kind of more of a DC Marvel, a DC model where they're focusing on predominantly like their big heroes and, and things like that, which is what DC has been doing with Rebirth so far. And for the largest part, I think it's been working. Like there aren't any equivalent Squirrel Girls or, or those kind of things that sound really nice, but in, pro in practice don't really work or like fool killers or anything like that. So it sounds like that that's what they're going back to, which I think is a good thing. Um, but at the same time, I'm more disappointed with what's been going on in the indie world. I feel like the indie comics world has stagnated hugely. Like yeah. they seem to be doing the same stories and I don't care about a lot of them. And I know that's a big kind of statement to make. And not that this is like my unpopular opinion thing, but uh, I just have noticed that it's, there's not much going on. At least the big two are working with properties that have been going on for, I don't know, you know, decades, you know, since 19, the 1930s or what have you, even before then, technically. But at least there's trying to do new stuff with characters. All I see now are like basically either spy or, or um, crime dramas with like a supernatural twist or... Or something, and it's all the same shit. I don't really care. Like at least Marvel and DC are doing something with the properties they have. Um, so when you say indie, you meant more small press, because I, I mean the indie stuff I consider is like we're three people, we made this comic book. Oh, we hope you like it. You're, you're referring to more of the like the boom dark horse image yeah. batch of the non-big two. Yeah, I probably shouldn't call them indies, but I mean you know they're they are not connected to. I know you you uh mainstream readers that's indie to you oh right well they're also not backed up by wb or disney or one of the bigger kind of outlets no. right so it makes them independent in their own way um but sure. no not not like super indie um not like creator-owned kind of that model but even more creator-owned so yeah like but even then like i don't know it just seems to be there's there's not the glut of stories and I'm not saying that we're at the end of history or anything like that with storytelling, but I just feel like there isn't that much. So I'm more impressed when people are able to either do something new with an old property or put a fresh spin on it at least, uh, or make it kind of interesting again. So that kind of leads me into why I'm very interested, was interested in Bullseye Number 1 by Ed Brisson. Um, not only because I like the character of Bullseye, um, but also because I like Ed Brisson. He's really good. Like ever since um, the comebacks, I think, is the first thing I saw him do with Mike Walsh. Uh, I was invested in him. And I think he started out as a letterer. Is that right? Yeah. No, he still, I think he still does some lettering. Yeah. Um, and I've just always been a fan of his. So when it came to that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, oh Ed Brisson doing a, uh, a bullseye book. Let me pull it up here. Um, so that's, uh, have you checked this out? Are you interested in checking this out at all or no? Like, no, I kind of saw him, I saw him talking about it. I like him, but, uh, and I like Bullseye as well. I just don't think Bullseye should star in a book. Like, that's just my, my feelings on that. He is a character that when used and used properly, shouldn't be the focus of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, unless the story... Like there, I forget what it was. It was like this baseball one where Bullseye wasn't really the focus of the story. He just showed up. Like when it's done like that, that's interesting. I think that's good. But 
if he's, if was, it's just like bullseye driving around in a Buick and showing how he can kill everything, I, I don't. Oh, well, now that I say a Buick, I'm kind of interested. But no, I mean, I just if he's the star of the, the story, I don't really care. Like I'm, I'm kind of over when the villains get their own stories. I think they should be. The comic industry needs to go back to just using them as villains and not uh, franchises. Hmm. Okay, I I think the opposite, uh, and it's because I really like villain characters, not because I think that they should be. <clears throat> made into heroes or anything like that but because i think exploring that characterization of what makes someone a villain is interesting yeah, especially pussy out on it though here's the thing that's why i like this one because this one does not this okay. one this is an irredeemable bullseye like he is a piece of shit through and through um basically what this uh this issue is about is Bullseye is on a mission already, and he kills someone who is being held in FBI custody or whatever. Um, just kills him. Then he's like, he goes to his agent. He's like, yeah, I need something else. So while his agent is looking for stuff, he takes uh, these pins, like the paper clips, and he just throws them out the window and is just killing people and causing like this massive car accident uh, in the middle of everything, where everything is just exploding like crazy. And he's like, uh, his agent finally finds something. And he, and he keeps on like listing stuff off. He's like, you know, you can do this, you can do this. And Bullseye's like, yeah, you know, that's good and everything. That the money's good, but I need something more. I need like, I need more hands-on kind of wet works bullshit. Because Bullseye needs money, kinda, but he really likes killing people. Like yeah. that's his that's his biggest thing. He loves killing people. Um, and he finally happens onto one of these things. And he goes and meets the guy, the clients, or whatever. Uh, and it's an extraction mission, is what I'll say, uh, for a family member. And what's great about this, I'm going to spoil it, because it's, I think it came out two weeks ago or whatever. Go for it. What's great about this one is how it ends, which is like, they're like to bullseye. They say, okay, listen, we need you to do this real quietly, because the guy who you're going to go in and extract from is super fucking dangerous. He's like this, uh, where is it, Columbia? Uh, yeah, Colombia. This Colombian drug lord who is insane, and they show like this page of this 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 Colombian guy, just like gutting this person, um, uh, do whatever. So he's even more insane than Bullseye, basically. So like Bullseye, dude, you gotta just chill it, man. Just fucking go in there, get in, get out, get my my family member and bring them back. But of course, Bullseye shows up at the airport in Colombia, and is just uh, staple gunning these flyers to everybody that's around him that's saying uh what does it say i'm coming for you and then it says i'm coming for you colombian drug guy's name and it's a picture of bullseye and he's just like at the end page he's just throwing these flyers up in the air with this bloody uh uh staple gun and he's like let's do this kind of thing i fucking love that characterization of bullseye because uh, like you said they don't try to redeem him he is irredeemable he's just a piece of shit looking for a fight and i think that's great um, I mean, yeah, that those. I mean, it's not ongoing, is it? I think it currently is. I don't think it's a miniseries. Yeah, really. That works as a miniseries, but that doesn't. Uh... Hey, cat! If you're gonna be in the podcast, just be in the podcast. Otherwise, yeah. shut up, stupid asshole. <laughs> I think he should come. He should. He should come up on your lap, snuggle up. No, fuck that. Make an appearance. Stupid cat! No, everyone just be left in wonder. Was that really a cat? I didn't it was. see a cat. No, interaction with something. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's a not an Ewok. What was a uh, what was um, Gizmo from Gremlins? I don't remember. A Mogwai. Mogwai. There we go. Yeah. I was gonna say Mowgli, and I was like, Nah, that's Jungle Book. That is Jungle Book. Which, yeah. See, I mean, the, the yeah. Bullseye would work for me if it was a miniseries because that sounds hella interesting as a miniseries. But when you say it's an ongoing and say, you know, maybe they only do a year. Like, is that going to, is that going to be as shocking in six months? Here's, here's starts and he's still doing like just murdering people constantly or does, or are you going to be desensitized and kind of just like, Meh, that's so bullseye. Well, I mean, there could be a quasi redemption arc where let's say you think they're going to fix him, but they don't. But I mean, look at like Breaking Bad or House of Cards or Hannibal. 
Like basically you're following villains. Now Hannibal might be different, but you're following villains in those two other shows who are just progressively getting worse. And those are two of the most popular TV shows on of all time, basically, right? Like, and I think you can do it, but saying that, Marvel being Marvel, this is not going to go beyond a miniseries, even if it is called an ongoing, right? So that's just the way comics work now. Um, and I don't think it'll last, uh, but I am enjoying it for however long it'll last. And the art is really good from Guillermo Sana, um, and I guess Alec Morgan. Really good stuff. I really like it. And also there's a backup from Marv Wolfman in the back of the thing. So that's pretty cool. Is that supposed to sell me on it? Like, I don't know. It sells me on it. I like that. Marv Wolfman, what has he got left in the tank? Exactly. It's a bit fun. It's a bit of fun. He's riding on a motorcycle. And the art's awesome. And I, I just like the look of Bullseye. He's always been like a compelling visual character to me. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think – I just – like maybe here and there sprinkled in you can get away with it i just think overall there's too many villain books um and saying that that brings me to unless you have something else you want to talk about i'm going to talk about a villain book but Do i think it. it's it's like the exception to the rule okay and uh, that's deathstroke steve mm -hmm. which rebirth might be working but i don't think any of them working as well as deathstroke what what that book I will keep saying it. I don't care if you've already read my reviews. I don't care if you've already seen me on Twitter. That book is the best fucking DC book, period, period. And I'll argue you to the death. I am, I am nodding vehemently to support. Not yeah. you, but I mean the internet in general. Right. Um, God, this fucking book, Steve, this fucking book. Mm. A bunch of Z to C to Z characters plus Deathstroke. I mean, it shouldn't work, but it just... It's so phenomenal. Deathstroke got arrested by Superman, and then he, he gets broken out by the guy he fucked over in the first story arc, the Red Lion guy. He's back, and he's just like, yeah, man, you owe. You owe for fucking me. He doesn't try to kill him. He's just like, hey, you're going to work for me. You're going to do a job for me because you fucked me on a job, so now you, you owe me a job. Like, and he's just like, all right, fine, fuck it. You know, like That's it. Like They're just two villains. They're just like, fine, let's just go be bad. Like, we don't need to kill each other. Unlike heroes. Why do heroes sit there and fight? Like, no, oh, we fight until I'm right. Bad guys are just like, yeah, let's just do a job. Let's just get this shit over with. And I'll try to kill you the next time. And the next time. And whatever. And it just goes through. And it's just like, you have all these characters and shit. And he just, like, shows up and it checks on his kid and then, like, leaves. And she thinks it's like she's seeing shit. But no, he was there. He was just like, hey, I'm just checking on you. I'm going to kill you in your sleep. Don't forget that. It looks super creepy, though, that scene. Yeah. I mean, it's just great. And then he's just like, hey, you know, good luck proving in court that I'm Deathstroke. <laughs> like, like YOLO, motherfuckers. <laughs> YOLO. If Deathstroke ever said YOLO, I would be very happy. Oh, I just love it. And then the best part, though, is at the end when Deathstroke figures out what the red line is really after. And he goes to the guy and he's just like, hey, you got my shit. And he's just like, hey, man, you left it. It's too bad. He's like, what do you believe in, Deathstroke? And he's like, Smith and Wesson. <laughs> I kid you not. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I scared my child. My wife looked at me like, shut the fuck up. And I was just like, Deathstroke. He's like, baby, I'm reading about Deathstroke. And she's like, oh, for real? It is. I mean, it's just, it's a book that inherently feels and looks like a 90s comic book mm. but the good shit from the 90s the stuff that you're like that people don't want to they want to pretend that everything in the 90s is bad and that we should just ignore it but there were there were some really good stories in the 90s that you just can't ignore like that's like ignoring shit in the 80s because you're just like oh it's just, that's when it got ultra violent we just gotta ignore it all oh except for watch me no no just keep keep reminding everyone that exists I mean, this is just, if more comic books would just do this, it, it doesn't feel old, but it's just like, I can see that it's like, this was very, like, this is 90s-ish, you know, and <clears throat> it's okay that it is, because it still really works in the modern setting that it is, and I, I just can't get enough of this fucking <laughs> book, you know, there, there's always one line at the end where Christopher Priest is just like, I'm going to make the fucking audience pop. In the Chicago issue, when he was just like, let me address the Chicago gun violence with the creeper and Deathstroke. <laughs> but Deathstroke's yeah. not even going to be in the fucking book. And it was 
brilliant. But then at the end, he's like, how would you fix it? And this is like Jack Ryder, Cooper's alter ego, asking uh, Deathstroke. He's like, get better aim. And I was just like, oh, my God, that doesn't solve the problem at all. But if he said that, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> so it's just like, because he was just like, fuck you. I'm not going to solve the problem. This is a comic book. I'm just going to address that this is happening and it sucks. And this is what a villain would say. He wouldn't be like, oh, well. I would take the contract and blah, 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 blah. He would just like that. Aim better. That's it. not my fucking problem. Deal yeah. with it. Deathstroke out. <laughs> like, this is a, it's a villain book, but it's like, it's a villain book in the sense that Deathstroke doesn't see himself as a villain. Mm. He does bad things, but he's still the hero of his story. And the things he does, he does for his family. And because it's like, it's his job. And that's kind of what makes him a different type of villain. And at least the engagement I get from, from Priest's writing is that he is the hero of the story. He might be doing bad things. He might say some fucked up things. But is it any different than any of us in our day and day lives? Like, we don't walk around and be like, well, I was just a dick to that person. We're like, that person deserved that because I'm the hero of my fucking story. It's and that that's the kind of vibe I get from it. It's not so much it's not like trying to be that the uh, New Fifty Two one where he was like taking hits and stuff and they had that guy coming for him and, and you know, kinda like the bullseye where he was like, Give me something more thrilling and, and shit like that because that stuff is interesting for a little while, but it's far more interesting to see him, you know, have to fight Superman, prove that make the U.S. government prove that he's fucking Deathstroke and then also like check in on his family and deal with family drama in the middle of all of this. And I just, it's just a, it's a hell of a series and it continues to be a hell of a series. And I just, I look forward to more and that's weird because it's a big two book and I've, I've given up on so many of them and yet here it is Deathstroke. I'm just like, I can't get enough of this guy. And he's blind now, Steve, and I don't even know why. And I'm just like, fucking, I want more. Tell me why he's blind. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Deathstroke. But it, it is interesting because I think this is one of the, the the books, weirdly, because it so is on the fringe of the Rebirth library, that actually does do what Rebirth is trying to do, which is, yeah. as you suggested, or as you basically just said, um, it takes all of its history into account. Like, even the stupid shit, like, even some of the stuff that, some people would rather forget like Jericho and um, the fact that now he does have the, at least is blind in one eye for most of the thing. And also his costume, like you see visual accents of what Deathstroke used to be and what he is now. And kind of like, it's all over time and his characterization, not only as a, as a villain, as an anti-hero and as a father, but like, it's, it's just all over the place, but does it in a really, I think tight package that might be a little bit, difficult for a lot of people to follow but is always really super compelling to me um and has been since the rebirth and this new arc seems really really interesting so I don't, I don't know if it's hard to follow yeah there's a lot of, a lot like, of people are saying that though i don't i don't get it myself but a lot of people do i don't see how it's any different than any other comic book rather than just interest like if it's not interesting to you sure maybe it's hard to follow but i mean i haven't read all 12 issues like I read this, some of the first arc, most of the second arc, and I've been heavily invested since then. I don't feel lost or confused at all. And I don't have an in-depth history of Deathstroke. Like this is kind of, other than New 52, this is the most I've read Deathstroke ever. So mm. yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I'd peg that more on people's interest than uh, actual difficulty to read. Yeah, or just right. or just denial. They don't want to, they want to admit that it's the best DC book. It's denial. It definitely is denial. I would say. Yeah. So what else you got, Steve? Sorry. I'm going to talk about uh, another '90s book. Speaking of '90s type things, it's Very called Slap. It's, eye roll. it's yeah, slapstick. No, slapstick. Slapstick. Dustin. Didn't mean to talk over your intro. Slap. Slapstick. <laughs> this is a book that I shouldn't like. That I do like. No, you, you shouldn't. You could probably see the pink of the the light from this thing because it's so goddamn neon uh, on my face. This is this book is supposed to be really stupid. It's an infinite comic, I think. On Marvel, it's an infinite comic, but I think it's really fun, <clears throat> and it's uh, 
don't know. It's fucking ridiculous, man. It's basically My Little Pony slash Smurfs are fighting slapstick. And there's pretty much no way that I can kind of compel you with that. But basically, this series so far, I think this is the fourth issue. What is this? Yeah, this is the fourth issue. Uh-huh. Uh, no, third issue. Sorry, third issue. And basically, like, he... Did you ever read Slapstick back in the 90s? No, I have a trading card. That's about it. Okay. It's this kid... No, I've read one issue. One okay. issue. A friend had a copy. Right. And that's when I knew I wasn't going to buy any more Slapstick. I wasn't going to buy Slapstick. You were definitely more mature, however old we were, when that came out than I was. Uh, this is all during like my fascination with The Mask, who I believe the Slapstick is based off of, kind of in a more kid-friendly way. Uh, but I was obsessed with that kind of shit. The cartoons coming to the real world and all this stuff. So it's this teenager like who's... Bonkers. <clears throat> like Bonkers, but Bonkers Not sucked. Bonkers, yeah. Bonkers yeah. sucked ass. Yeah, I hated Bonkers. Um, it was like, let's do an animated version of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Does that work for everyone? No? <laughs> it's confusing because it's all... Not at all. Yeah, it seriously was. This is yeah. more like Cool World, which oh, was God. the creme de la creme of cartoon meets live action. So, slapstick is like fucking a lot of things. A lot of things. Hollywood if she could. Okay, I'll just throw that out there. Great, terrible, terrible movie. Um, no, it's this kid, this teenager who's stuck as a cartoon clown, basically, and can do all the things a cartoon clown can. Uh, but basically, he has no junk, which is why he wants to get transformed back so he can get laid, um, which I think is kind of funny. It's a noble, uh, noble goal. Look, we have both, as fathers, had productive sex. Clearly, we enjoy having it. If I was stuck in a body without my pristine, gorgeous penis, I don't know what I would do. But I don't know why you had to bring all of that into it. But yeah. That's what she said, and I did. <laughs> I brought it all, Dustin, as I do. Uh, carnally, as I do verbally uh, in all of my daily activities, I just, just bring get it. me through the slapstick, Steve. I just I've, she I want to run away from the podcast. She also said that. So slapstick, he's stuck as this thing, but the the same dimension that he came from, which is called dimension X. Uh, other things are starting to come through, and he's been kind of uh, uh, acquired by Shield to stop these things from coming. Uh, in the latest line, like in the very beginning of the series, he fought a He-Man character who had like this sword and he was just destroying everybody, like cutting people in half. Um, but it's great because <clears throat> the style of art shows everybody in this world as, you know, more or less shaded and more real. But like Slapstick and this guy who is the, the He-Man barbarian character are very, very two-dimensional. But yet he's like slaughtering people like terribly. So Slapstick eventually has to step in and kill this guy. Uh, this one, he's fighting these, as I mentioned before, Smurf, Smurfs meets the uh, uh, My Little Pony guys. And it's uh, like, I hate everything about that sentence, but I, I like this series for some reason. It's funny. Like the writing, uh, it's a writing team who is Riley Brown and Fred Van Lente, actually. Um, and the artist is Diego, I'm not going to pronounce that, oh Lord. Tegui? That's terrible. I'm going to try. I'm, well, I can't not try because it was just too thrilling a challenge. Uh, but it's it's just really fun. Like, they do a lot of, like I said, the dialogue is super fun, but they do a lot of uh, the lettering work is really funny. It's when, like, the onomatopoeia or whatever uh, happens, they're usually really funny, uh, which, I don't know, is always a visual gag, probably best suited for teenagers, but always gets me. And uh, I don't know, there's just some things in this, like, if you remember the Smurfs, Gargamel was after them because they were part of ingredients to make gold. Um, yeah. And that's the whole reason he was searching for them. And these characters shit gold. So that's why this thing is after them. And, like, they're running away from this wizard or whatever. And to defeat them or to kind of distract them, he creates this fake wizard going around and at all at one time they see them they see this wizard and they all shit gold which is just kind of funny to me i don't know it's a funny visual bit um and they're just like funny parts of this man like i don't know i don't you know why ryan, you said ryan brown so that, that no was, it's not uh, it's not ryan brown it's it'd be it's funny riley brown riley brown oh then never mind 
So don't know that guy. Sorry. Ryan Brown is great though. Um, but yeah, and like I don't know, was it? There's something here that happens. He's like talking to to stop to stop these things from making this incursion invasion. He has to shoot them with this gun that is basically like dip in Roger Rabbit and destroys everything in this cartoon. And uh, right when he's doing that, he's like shooting them all. Shield comes in and they start collecting this goop or whatever. And uh, and he's got this crush on the woman who shows up from Shield. So he's like, "Hey, well, how's it going?" And she's like, uh, "Whatever." And and he says to her, "Oh, come on, Teresa. Can I can I call you Teresa? Don't be like that." And then Teresa's friend comes over and she's like. You just liked how she looked sucking down goo. And uh, this Teresa woman's like, all right, you're not really helping right now. And I think that's so funny. It's so disgusting, disturbing. But for like that actually got me to laugh out loud. Uh, hmm. And there's a lot of that in this. It's just kind of funny, snippy writing that I guarantee you nobody else is reading this book, but I find it to be extremely entertaining because of that. So and they're taking, taking chances and taking risks. Because of that, I think. And then maybe in Deathstroke and in Bullseye, too. They're, they're doing these things that, like, allows them to take risks, like I said before, which maybe people wouldn't expect from the big two. So, kind of fun. Well, slapstick, huh? Slapstick. How slapstick. will I ever follow up against slapstick? I don't know. What do you got, Dustin? I got sink number one from Comics Tribe. Oh, Comics Tribe, right on. We like Comics and, Tribe. And uh, have you heard anything about this book, Steve? Just Negative. Like... All right. Is it S-I-N-K well, or S-Y-N-C? S-I-N-K. Like they're oh. throwing everything at you, including okay. the kitchen sink. Um, so it takes place in Glasgow. Oh, Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah. yeah, Glasgow, Scotland. And you meet this guy, and he's just, he's talking up the city he's just like this is city you know it, it's got a bad rep but you know we still got a lot of great things here sure we're the knife knifing capital of the world but you know like hey it's a great city and stuff like he's very just like yeah glasgow you know just awesome and then uh you know like the bars closed and stuff he parts ways with his friends and they're just like hey do you want to share a cab he's like nah I'll, just, I'll get the last bus it's cool it's cool Misses the last bus. Actually, he sees the last bus, and the guy's, like, all full up. Like, that's all he says. He just keeps saying, all full up. The guy turns around. What he doesn't see is that the, it's full of dead bodies, and there's just crimson paint all over the interior. And it's probably good that he missed that bus. Hmm. So, cell phone's dead, of course, because it's like, you know, I mean, the bar's closed. Your phone doesn't last that long. It's late late slash early morning and he's like all right well let me just walk it you know probably take me an hour or two and then suddenly the city that he loves is a bit more creepy scary uh he he comes across a bum that has a, a sign that says fuck your money <laughs> uh, can i get that t-shirt slash hat combo i mean Probably. And the guy tells him, he's like, if I were you, I'd walk faster. A little bit of panic sets in. Mm. He runs into this guy, this guy, and you're just like, what the fuck's on his head? Took me a minute. I was just like, that looks like a condom. Looks like he's wearing a condom on his head. I'm not sure, though. You know, we'll see. We'll see. It's addressed later in the issue. The guy's like, I'm out hunting foxes. He's like, fuck that. You know, the rich don't need to be the only ones hunting foxes. I'm, I'm hunting foxes. And he's like, oh, no shit. I just saw one, like, in the road. And the guy's like, where are you fucking hiding it? Pulls a fucking knife on him. The guy slaps it away and just runs, just bolts. But then more guys wearing condoms on their head show up, and they chase him into an area. And the guy's like, he's like, I got my witness. We got a witness. And the, this guy just nicely dressed holding the camera and he's going to film them killing this guy. He's the witness to their crime essentially. And uh, this guy in a fox head comes in and just beats the shit out of all of them with a shovel. And when I say beats the shit out of them, I kind of mean like he puts a guy's head through the shovel, like puts the head, like kind of like curb stomps him on a shovel. Oh yeah. That old chestnut. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and so he's like, you know, the guy's like, thank you so much for saving me. He's like, ah, I didn't really give a fuck. I just 
just dealing with these guys. They're called dickheads because condom. Uh, and, and I was just like, nah, that's fucking, that's really cool. <laughs> there's, there's more to the issue. I don't want to spoil the rest because the rest is kind of uh, truly terrifying, I think, uh, because this is all happening under the guise of normal people. And it's more of just like they have left these streets and at night just chaos reigns. Um, there's like no police. I mean, I hate to use an, a horrible example because I don't really like these movies, but like how hostels ter- are like terrifying in that, you know, it's just this whole town is in on it hmm. and there's nothing you, you can't win. The system is rigged against you. And that's, I think, sometimes more terrifying than like, you know, Freddy Cougar or something, something more supernatural in nature. And that's what it feels like. Like everything's rigged against this guy. And you kind of have to wonder, is he going to get home? Hmm. Or is he going to die in the streets of the city that he apparently, you know, loves so much, but now is kind of like, "Mm, maybe I don't (laughs) know this well as I pretended or, or, you know, shouted out in a bar half drunk. So, Hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's really fucking good. It's by John Lees, who I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. I am. He wrote the standard. Yeah. And, uh, and then Emily was gone. He also wrote, he was gone too. Yeah. That was a great book. And, uh, he's teamed up with Alec or Alex, not Alec. Um, What's his name? Don't want to butcher it. Going too far. Uh, Alex Cormack, who uh, they also did a uh, oxymoron miniseries for Comics Tribe as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So it is really fucking good. It's probably one of the best indie books I've read since hmm. Emily was gone. So um, love the art. The art is super. Just consistent and photorealistic and just it looks as gritty and terrifying as like the rest of it especially this one part i want to tell you but i don't because it's it's not out yet but uh but let's just say this guy continues to encounter things on his way home and the next group he encounters is (laughs) fucking freaky so interesting yeah there there's a lot okay so I think John Lee's is from, he's Scottish. I think he's from Glasgow. Yeah. Um, I and, assume because he kind of plugs the comic book community in, in the book. He's like, we have the oh. best comics. And I was just like, seems like a tip of the hat to yourself. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but also quite true. I mean, let's look at Grant Morrison, right? Like, but, and a lot of the, the independent creators as well who come from Scotland are amazing. And that's because like, first of all, it's really funny that you should preface this. Cause I was actually stuck in Glasgow one night waiting for a bus <laughs> Uh, and I had to stay up all night, like basically go, like I mostly stayed at this, um, fish and chips place and just smoked cigarettes and ate fish and chips all night with this dude who I was just randomly met. We were both waiting for the bus and kind of went out into the town and Glasgow can be a scary place. It can also be a very beautiful gothically kind of place, but mm-hmm. it is known as a pretty hard place as well. Um, but the writing there, so like what this book reminds me of, just real quickly, is one of my favorite Scottish writers named Alistair Gray. He's a novelist and short story writer and playwright in his own way. And he wrote this book uh, called Lanark, which is a, uh, a book kind of like this guy dies and Edinburgh is, represents heaven and Glasgow represents hell. And he's like lives in this weird fucking Glasgow mindscape place and it sounds very similar to this where like you there are these people like these people who develop mouths all over their body it's like a disease and like they open up and like they they're always biting and stuff like that um so it's i don't know it's this weird kind of visceral way that scottish writers like when i lived there i was fortunate enough to have read a lot of their their stuff that they're just self-deprecating in a lot of ways but really imaginatively so so i'm not surprised at all that this is that kind of freaky and engaging and affecting too so i'm very excited to read this now yeah it it just like i'm not even giving it justice because i'm not even telling you the dialogue or anything but it's just it's really good nice 
So uh, when I post my review for it, because I'm not going to, I don't want to say what I compare it to here, because that's kind of like, I address that in my review of why I don't, I, I still do, but I'm like, I, I save it for the end, essentially. Uh, but there's two movies that made me think of, and I think when you hear those two together, you'd be like, I can see that, and I really want to just digest this, like, instantly, so. Wow. Is this a series, or is it a one and done? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a four issue miniseries. Okay. Hmm. So. Nice. I'm gonna look. I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Actually. Oh, it's really it's real good. Yeah. Definitely worth reading. What else you got, Steve? What are you gonna follow that up with? <clears throat> well, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, Dustin, and I'm not gonna talk about it too long. Um, but because you got me into it, and uh, I, I don't know. I've been championing this thing all around ever since you got me into it. But it's Tomboy. And Tomboy is a fucking great series. It is so good. Um, uh, we talked about it at length. In fact, we dedicated an, an old episode to uh, Tomboy and Vision, but uh, uh, part of it was to Tomboy. And I just want to say that like, there's so much going into this book, like so many genres that are happening in this book. Like there's superheroes, but there's like magic girl syndrome, whatever the fuck that thing is called. There's like very, very scary monster horror. There's body horror. There's, it's at, at its core is like this ghost story, but there's also these weird gods. And then the last, uh, what issues did I just read? What number is nine and 10? In issues nine and 10, you kind of get more of a feeling about what's happening to this young girl who has somehow acquired these ghostly powers and this ability to communicate with the dead. Um, and this hugely vengeful streak as she goes off and kills a lot of bad guys um, in very horrific ways. But you get to see the mythos behind what this character is all about, as well as the expansion of um, who she's exactly fighting. Um, and it's this whole idea. I'm not going to tell, tell you or, or anybody, because I feel like people should definitely go and read it. Um, it's by Action Lab, by the way. Um, Danger Zone. But... Like there's this just this war that's going on and that has been going on for centuries, if not millennia. And you kind of uncover, like I said, what's at the root, quite literally, of this war um, and get this all played out and how it exists in a modern context. And it's just really, really great. Like the art I find to be, continues to be fantastic. It's uh, Mia Goodwin, is that her name? Well, she's not doing the art anymore. No, no, no. She's do, she's writing it, but it's uh, is it Mich who's Wong? Michelle Wong. Michelle Wong. So Mia Goodwin and Michelle Wong, who just work really well together. This is like nothing against Action Lab Danger Zone because they put out some great, great books. But like, I'm surprised this isn't like getting huge, like bigger notoriety than it is like like on par with an Image book or Dark Horse or something like that. Because people just yeah. It should be, this should be, like, think about this as a series, Dustin, like, especially, like, a darker kind of animated thing. I know that's really easy for us to say, but fuck, man, like, the imagery in this, the writing in it. The hell out of it if it's an animation. It's so good. Like, I, I fought this for so long because, not fought it, but, like, kind of just refused to look at it because of the magical girl trope at its beginnings. But what that has become has just... um. Un what do I want to say here? Not undermined, but like deconstructed in a way, that whole idea. And like I said before, added so many of those different elements, peppered them throughout that it's just so weird and so great um, that I continue to just eat this shit up. Uh, so I have you to thank for that, Dustin, since you forced well, me to no, get into it. I'm the only site telling you to read it, so that now might be why it's flying completely under the radar. No, and it's just—it's one of the biggest shames of uh, the comic book industry currently because this should have should be their number one selling book, like it hands yeah. down should be. So no, I agree, and maybe we've had this trade. conversation. Sorry, maybe in trade it'll do you know find another audience. I I certainly hope so, and uh, we were talking about this before um, about the creators, and I hope both of them get higher exposure, not necessarily to work in the bigger two, but to get more exposure for their stories that they eventually do write. Because I think that they're both super, super talented. Um, 
particularly Mia Goodwin, like because she, I think, was the creator of all of this and yeah. now works with Michelle Wong, who's fantastic. But I really hope that she gets it because she is such got such a unique voice and such a imaginative storytelling prowess that I don't know. I just hope all the best for her. But if you haven't been checking out Tomboy and if you can hear my voice, look for Tomboy. Check it out. There you go. I mean, I turned Steve onto that book, and now he's telling you to read it. I know. I'm. I am the messenger now. So fuck. So good. Show that I'm not full of shit, people. <laughs> well, you know. Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I don't. I'm looking at the 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 clock running down, and I think we maybe got time for like. All right, here. I'll, I'll be. I'll do. Four real quick, and then okay. we can wrap up on uh, the big one that we want to talk about, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, we can. I'll, I'll do a quick mention of, of another one when you're done. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll do my quick, and then you go your quick, and then we'll the, – there we go. Okay. I don't know why we're discussing this on air. Deal with it, everyone. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Death Be Damned? Yeah. What's, is it good? No. Oh. It's not. <laughs> I don't know why anyone likes this. Uh, these guys, they do that, that – podcast and like they, everyone loves them in marvel and, and shit like that oh yeah I, I have yet to read a western comic book they've done that hasn't been horrible um the premise is unforgiven with a woman i guess getting the revenge she dies she gets killed instantly on her revenge thing uh this guy brings her back to life she doesn't believe him that's it that's all you need to know there's a lot of talking a lot of fucking talking and she pretty much proclaimed she's a prostitute twice. <laughs> I was just like, what are you, why, what? I get it. It's the old West. She's trying to get close to this guy. He recognized her instantly and shot her in the head. I was just like, was I supposed to laugh? I don't know if I was supposed to laugh at that, but I did. Uh, and not in like a, a funny ha ha way, but like, oh, this is stupid. Uh, it's not good. Uh, I would not recommend it. I know okay. our review on the site says read it. That's fine. Dude, make your choice. Read the review. Listen to my opinion. Decide for yourself. Which one do you agree with more? I'm Good. wrong about everything else, so whatever. <laughs> uh, WWE number two, Steve. Ugh. Hashtag boring as hell. Um, so boring. We're still on Rollins' journey. And he just blew out his knee. And I was just like, why is this in a comic book? I don't care. I don't care. You're undermining the character that Seth Rollins plays on the TV in the WWE currently. You're completely undermining his character. And if I have to see Triple H on a yacht one more fucking time, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I have time to be by a body of water and go to visit his yacht. He just doesn't. If you look, he visits the Heartland. He's he's not very coastal. He's not coastal. The man does not own a yacht, is what I'm saying. Well, Stop maybe being, I own a yacht. Triple H. Yeah, he could be, you know, just at a large body of water, fresh water, enjoying his yacht. No, they're his like yacht. always down in Georgia visiting this fucking yacht of his. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we get it. That's where you store yachts. Yeah. Typically, historically, historically, that's true. I guess. I don't know. place you can store a yacht, Georgia. I get it. You want to, I don't know, pierce the Georgia yacht market. Whoa. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's boring. <laughs> it's boring as fucking hell. The Ultimate Warrior backup story, I'm pretty sure it was just the Ultimate Warrior speech, added with illustrations, and they gave a writer credit. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that writer. I know everyone's hot on him right now. I've yet to read a comic book by him that actually was enjoyable and didn't make me want to put it down. This was like four pages and I could barely get through it. So, wow. Anyway, okay. Super Sons number one is a book I should hate. Okay, good. Okay, I'm interested. I have not read this. I'm very, very looking, much looking forward to this, actually. I kind of like it because it's uh -huh. just so fucking dumb. <laughs> like, it shouldn't exist and it shouldn't be fun. But it kind of is fun to see. And I hate Damian Wayne. I hate him. Oh, I love Damian Wayne. I Wayne. fucking hate him. <laughs> I love I him because I hate him so much. That's I really liked him in this. Really? He was not the annoying, like, let me try to be Grant Morrison, Damian Wayne writing. It was just, eh, I'll just do this. This is all I can do. I'm just going to do this. Uh, I like John. 
I was just like, oh my god, I love this little guy. He's just he's just a cute little kid. He's just a cute little kid with superpowers. Um, yeah, I just you know like Batman and Superman just like leaving and then them going on an adventure in the middle of the night. It's dumb. You're just like, yeah, how convenient that they just happen to leave for this adventure, but there's something just kind of stupid and fun about it. Uh, Damien is going to John's, like he's fascinated with John. And so he pretends to be his bus driver. Like he has this whole fake mask and like stilts and stuff. And he's <laughs> the bus driver. And then he throws another mask at him. He was like, you're my substitute teacher last week. And he's just like, yeah. He's like, how, how do you have the confidence to go up there and just say a bunch of nonsense? He's like, oh, that wasn't nonsense. I could have had a, uh, you know, a PhD in uh, ge- geography uh, when I was six. And he's just like, <laughs> what? It's just that it's, ah, it was dumb, but the art is so perfect for it. And I just, it was a fun fucking comic to read. I had fun reading it. And I never, ever thought, like I read it and I was just like, I'm probably going to actively hate this. And I couldn't, like, I just couldn't. I was just like, this is too much fun. I'm having fun reading a comic book. It brought tears to my eyes. I was having so much fun. Not really. Okay, listen. You know how happy that makes me? Because it's just like... we will probably hate it, Steve. Well, no, I I don't think I will. Because I did look at the art and stuff, and it looks great. And I've been looking forward to this, because I do like those characters. But it just makes me so happy, because we just cut through that thick candy shell of yours. We pull (laughs) it apart. And we just enjoy the chocolate nougaty center. And it's fantastic. The thing that got you into this in the first place, it's that joy. I like seeing it, Dustin. I want to see it more. I'm, hey, blame the comic book industry. Write better shit. You know? Stop it. Don't go back down that path. Enjoy your I'll, joy. I'll be back there tomorrow. Probably. But yeah, this, this, was, uh, this was fun. That was a little longer than I thought. Um, so I'll say the last one, Street Tiger by Amigo Comics. I'm not quite sure when this one's out. It might be this week, might be next. It's pretty fucking cool. It's it's different art. Um, it's just this guy with a tiger on his jacket and a motorcycle helmet beating the shit out of people, trying to solve some sort of crime. It's just, it's pretty fucking cool. It's violent. There's some kung fu. Um, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. It's not like perfect, but it was really fucking enjoyable. So there you go. That sounds like everything I want in a comic book. It, it's just, it's so, it's very different. You know, the people are pretty ugly and shit, but there is this very like kind of natural gritty crime feel, like city feel to it that I was just like, I like this. This is good. Hmm. So. That's uh, what, what quick one did you want to do, Steve, before we go to the. Just, okay. Potatoes? Very, very quickly. The best Marvel book that's going on right now is Unworthy Thor. If you're not reading Unworthy Thor, like you should change that because it's really, really good. Like genuinely, legitimately, uh, objectively, very good. Um, the art is fantastic, but the story. Don't shake your head, Dustin. Stop it. You just enjoyed Super Sons. You shouldn't enjoy Super Sons. This is about uh, Thor, who is just beaten down, tired of being unworthy, and he hears that the ultimate Thor's hammer has landed in our universe. He has some weird connection to it, and he goes out and tries to find it, but it stops every single time. Um, because the collector has collected Asgard um, and like wants the power of the this hammer, but he can't pick it up because not only can people not pick it up who are unworthy, they just die. They just get electrocuted to death or whatever. Hmm. So he's like after this thing. And on his along his way, Better A Bill is in this book, which is fucking great because I love Better Better A Bill. Uh, his his carnivorous goat is in it, which is awesome. Um, Thanos is now going to be in it with his, the with the Black Order, uh, and like all of those things converging, it's just super fun. And he's gonna get the hammer. Like in this latest one, he actually touches the hammer, so presumably he's going to pick it up if he can fight off Thanos in the next issue. It's a mini series, so it's just going to end, I think, of the next one or maybe the one after that. But man, this is the best thing going at any of the big two for me personally because I'm just enjoying the absolute hell out of this. So that's all. Hmm. You should check it out. Seriously, it's super fun. Maybe, maybe if I can find something painful for you to read, I'll. Uh... Done deal. Look, deal. I had to find something painful for you to read first. So. Okay, go ahead. I'll read Sailor Moon. Maybe I'll bullshit you're into. That's fine. I'll make you read the Jade Street Protection or something. 
don't know what uh, that is. Is that a condom brand? Okay. You, I mean, kind of. I mean, if you read it, you're not going to have sex if you recommend it to the person you want to have sex with. So. Oh, well, well, luckily, we don't have to have sex anymore. We're married. But it's a form of... Uh, I'll read one of your, your weird-ass anime manga books if you want to read... Uh, well, it's either anime or manga, sir. You don't get both. Whatever. I'll look at the both. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah, give me one of your weird yaoi books, and I'll read that if you read Unworthy Thor. If I have to give you one of those, I can just make you finally read One Punch Man. So okay, well, actually, I want to read that. All right, let's do it. You've heard it, everybody. It's happening. There you go. It's happening. Yeah, I'm reading One Punch Man. One Punch Man. How many? Six. It won't take you that long. Once you get to volume three, you'll you'll be thanking me that I made you read the next three. So okay, but I'm making um, you read three issues. Go on. Let's three do it. issues. Ah, God. <laughs> Sorry, four. Even that four sounds. Issues. Terrible. We're here to talk about the wild storm, Steve. That's what this yeah. whole episode's been about. That's why Let's it's at it. the end. Yeah. Um. Fucking great. Loved it. Yeah. It's That's all I gotta say. I mean, it just it felt like Warren Ellis. Yeah. Back at Wildstorm. Yeah. It was all futuristic. I mean, I I wanted to just hold this book and tell it thank you. Just <laughs> just hold it in my arms. Like thank you. You done good. You made me believe in comics again. Thank you. And then you realize you're just cuddling some homeless guy, and he's yeah, like, "He was a slave. You got a quarter, and I was just like, "I got a child with me. I don't have change. Fuck you." Yeah. What do you need a quarter for? Anyway? today. I was just like, "Yeah, oh. no. Let me put my child down on all these groceries and give you a quarter." No, I don't actually have any change. Okay. If I did, he'd take it from me and spend it on his future because that's what having a child is—a little homeless person. You're just giving money to constantly. I mean, that's true. <laughs> so what what do you really think of the Wildstorm, Steve? I don't. Uh, I mean, if you disliked it, I'll hang up on you and just finish recording this by myself. But it's, it's fine if you didn't. This is the worst comic of 2007. No, I'm just joking. Uh, my favorite, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I still have no idea where it's going, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, it's super fucking weird because it's Warren Ellis and because it's Wildstorm. My favorite page of this was the first page. Uh, yeah. I thought it was great because what a, I'm not gonna say what it is, but what a great callback and what a great new roadmap for where they're gonna go. I think it's just so perfect for that. Um, and then the subsequent pages that explain that and what's actually going on and everything else. Uh, again, DC is doing some really, really cool stuff, man. Um, with with this, with Wildstorm, with Young Animal, I think they've been absolutely killing it. We talked about Doom Patrol a couple weeks ago. Like they're they're doing a really good job, man, with their yeah. with their imprints. So this is really good. I'm looking forward to where it's going to go, um, and I'm very intrigued to see where it's going to go because it seems to be very a different direction than I thought it was going to. So, yeah, well, I mean, I like, cause if I'm sure a lot of people read his newsletter and stuff, it, it felt like a lot of the stuff he talks about in a newsletter, but in a practical story and like coherently weaved together. And I kind of love that. I was just like, man, this is just like, he already gave us the inner workings of his mind for this story. And now it's like playing out and it, it's, it's pretty fucking good. And also, can I just say that Warren Ellis, writes gay relationships so believable and just normal that like I even feel stupid pointing it out because it's just it just feels like part of the world it doesn't feel like he's pandering it doesn't feel like he's trying to be inclusive he's just like yeah these two are they're married yeah and that's uh, that's the way the world works and that's how I know a lot of people view the world but not everyone you know I know someone's gonna pick this up and be like oh gay gay marriage oh ugh. Yeah. 2017 but yeah. like when i saw it it was just it was it felt so natural to the story that it didn't even phase me until like looking back through it again where i was like oh yeah you know he, he wrote probably one of the most natural gay relationships in a comic book that i've ever fucking read so yeah. and he didn't have to even introduce it he was just like here you go it's in the comic book yeah and i, I feel i do feel like a lot of writers <clears throat> are doing that better these days yeah definitely um, in general, kind of relationships. And so the more we normalize what we're 
on the periphery um, like this, like he's able to do, like I believe Orlando is able to do, although some of his later, his latest stuff has not been that great. Same. Um, same. But Midnight and Apollo doesn't get much better than that for relationships in general in comics. But you're right. I think like this normalizes it in a very effortless way, which is great now. So, so I, I really liked it. I don't want to say too much about it because I think people really should generally just kind of go in and figure things out. Like it's Wildstorm, but it's not Wildstorm in a way. Yeah. That makes sense. It's kind of like when they were doing all those Wildcats point blah, blah, blah. And all I that. liked those a lot. Like I thought yeah. that was part of this. Uh, I kind of was like, uh, is this? No, no it's not. But I but love it kind that. of feels like that where like every time they'd add a, like do like 3.0 or 4.0 is like it felt vastly different than before, but yeah. still a part. I don't know. It's just it's it's good to have Wildstorm back, and I I like that, and I hope that there's just more on this line, and uh, I hope this is back. You know, I think it was one of the most squandered things DC had of the the you know late 90s and early 2000s that they just kind of shit the bed on and granted you know you jim lee was like i'm gonna draw it with grant morrison writing it and then tank the entire fucking line and they were just like oh we got this one gail simone book that's coming out on time no one likes it oh okay well <laughs> fuck. so yeah but yeah it's just it's really good it's fucking gorgeous to look at um it is gorgeous but in a very easily digestible yeah. not over the top way it's just it is gorgeous it's not great. like mcniven's art which has become no. hard to look at and i know everyone's hot on him and boo me for saying like steve mcniven overdraws now but he does so yeah yeah read read the fuck out of this book people. yes yes so I was i was very happy that it didn't disappoint because i was just like man i hope this doesn't suck yeah, so. me too. When when I when I saw that we were going to be able to read this, and I and I looked at it, I was like, I was. It was one of those things. Like, do I want to read this now? Do I want to like wait for it? But of course, I couldn't wait. Like, I yeah. had to dive right in. But I just I bandaided. I was just like, we're reading it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Even if it sucks, I read it quick. Yeah. So. But no, it was it was a uh, really good. So pretty sure the rest of the comic book community is gonna shit their pants for it all week so let's hope so let's hope so pre-order or too late <laughs> <laughs> pre-order the third issue i guess i don't know probably yeah. for that too pre-order the fourth issue i i think they'll probably be doing fine just get in on it now everyone yeah. well anything else steve or uh have we made you late enough for your life uh no i think and we're good wife. And my wife, Not my wife. your life into the podcast, but you do it all the time. So. No, listen, I'm about to go eat some real spicy ramen to just nip this cold thing in the bud. So it will also make me shit my brains out, but I'm looking forward to it. So. I kind of hate you for having ramen. I wanted it today, but we went and got Shake Shack. So That's also good, though, Dustin. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Like, I don't I, regret it. I just wanted ramen as well. That's okay, good. that's that's fair. My wife's not going to eat no ramen, so... What? She don't like ramen. She doesn't like ramen. I don't. We're not going to get into it. My wife has weird eating habits. She, okay. she can probably hear me and she'll probably hit me with the shoe for telling everyone. <laughs> Your wife so. seems quite lovely. But in this case, I got to say that's, that's kind of grounds for divorce, Dustin. In some countries. If that was grounds, then the rest of the things I could lay out for you <laughs> would, uh, would blow your mind, sir. You'd be like, how are you married? So, wow, we'll, we'll talk about this off air. Yeah, no, she would appreciate that. <laughs> that has been an episode, Comic Bastards Podcast, brought to you by Jimmy's. Jimmy's. That's right. Not really. I just I wanted to throw that out there. I wanted to try it, see how it felt, and I hated it instantly. So I'm just tanking it now. If you um, want to be in this position and support our our endeavors here on the Comic Bastards Podcast, give us a shout. If your name is Jimmy and you have a product called Jimmy's. We're happy to plug it for you. If you do, God, that would be great. Yes. Like, that's a good cool. thing. Do that. Trojan should just get a spokesperson named Jimmy. And, the, you know, don't they call Sprinkles Jimmy's in, like, New Jersey or something? Did they do that? I have no idea, Steve. Okay. 
Okay. I don't frequent New Jersey enough to know. Unfortunately, playing. Oof, I have. Uh, I'm I still know. going. I'm still going through my own little personal. I don't know. Healing. And on that note, <laughs> we're just gonna let Steve go shit his pants eating some ramen. Thank you for listening. This is uh, it's the end of the episode. We are awkwardly leaving it, as bye. always. Bye, 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 goodbye. Can't hold back that wacky attack No matter why you're still a star Cause you're bonkers